Hello, Henrietta. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galena. And in this episode, Henrietta, we are going to talk Hudson Yards. Um, Hudson Yards opened about um, two, three weeks ago. And I have to say, it's been a very polarizing issue here in New York, and I would imagine beyond as well. But let's, let's, let's speak about the, the, the temperature here in New York. And our question this week is, can big retail succeed in this age? And Hudson Yards, just to give a little backstory, is a huge development on the west side of New York. In fact, it is said to be the largest private real estate development in the country. And it is anchored by the vessel, which is essentially a shopping emporium of multi-floors, and that is anchored by Neiman Marcus. And Neiman Marcus, as we know, is one of the largest retailers in the country, one of the most important ones, and one that has not been represented in New York all of these years. You know, when you speak of Neiman's, you think of Dallas and other places like that. But now Neiman's is in New York. But do we need it? So back to the question, can big retail succeed in this age? Yeah, it seems a bit like a weird question, though, in in a way that your instinctual answer is no, given how like digital and e-com direct consumers just disrupted everything. And the idea of independent retailers, small specialty boutiques, that seems to be leading the way through a more experiential lens. And the idea of these big malls, these big box retailers, given that like the Gaps, the Victoria's Secrets, the J. Crews, like they're all closing stores. It just feels really antiquated in a way that it's like, why are you trying to make mall culture happen in New York? Which is a incredibly progressive place and (laughs) things happen here before they happen everywhere else so it just feels really weird that we seem to be doubling down on this large mall culture because it's also like does the other one by world trade center yeah brooklyn mall how is that doing has the success of that made it so that you know this project is i don't i don't really understand why more culture seems to be the way forward, particularly in the luxury sector. Well, I think we're discussing this because we've also heard the news of the the, the Brookfield Mall failing. You know, we've seen Saks Fifth Avenue, um, for example, doing a, a rush overhaul in order to attract more customers. We hear that Barney's is losing uh, a 40% of their real estate on Madison Avenue taking off some of the floors because it's superfluous. So there's so many signs around, particularly here in New York, of some recent build-outs and some recent acquisitions that doesn't seem to be successful. And so when you go into a place like uh, Neiman Marcus, which and this whole structure is called The Vessel at uh, Hudson Yards, when you go into a, an emporium like that, it does feel antiquated. It feels like, why is there all of this space for what uh, and never mind where the where the the structure is actually located there on 34th street and 9th it doesn't feel like a place that you're oriented to go shop yeah, luxury that's the thing it feels very <laughs> out of the way in a way that at least with brookfield um, brookfield mall, mall yes there's the whole you know 9-11 one world trade you know memorial site it's by the river it's by the west side highway it kind of feels you know it's by battery park it it feels 
like that is a place that you would frequent right in a way that obviously you've got the high line right there but it feels very sort of far away from anywhere else which is not to say that's not a bad move i mean to make it a retail destination isn't something um that is unheard of if you look at like Dover Street, for instance, in New York. Like that's very much like a place you have to go to a go to that specific spot. spot. Yeah. Um, but it just feels really strange that this whole idea of big mall culture is making a comeback when no one's really asking for it. When no one's really asking for it. I think that's the thing that is that that's... feels very odd in this time where if you're gonna be a physical presence it has to really be lensed through like experiential, like what is my reason for being here? What is my reason for like getting my ass out of my apartment from like the luxury of shopping online on my computer in my own time? Like you said earlier, time is the new luxury. So it's like, absolutely. What is the purpose of being? And it feels very steely and uninviting and very mallish. Absolutely. And see that, that, that's a bit of my issue with this space. You mentioned the High Line earlier. And for me, and maybe for you as well, the High Line has been one of the best uh, city planning that has been done in New York over the last couple decades. A hundred percent. It is just amazing outdoor space, amazing way to spend a day. And we see the tourists, particularly in the summer times, they're in droves. And the High Line is supposed to spill right out into this luxury, luxury emporium. But for some reason, I want that experience to stop right at the doorway of, of this emporium. Yeah. Because that's not that's not the feeling of today. The feeling of today is something more more meaningful (laughs) a la the high line and that's what i'm saying i think like you said the feeling of the high line feels like an interesting and somewhat progressive type of urban planning that was a real coming together of the city and it feels like it's celebrated by locals and tourists alike and and residents and i feel like even the art that's disseminated across the uh high line the programming goes on i mean they have shows on the high line feels very involved in the marquee programming of the city. Absolutely. And the forecast is that there's supposed to be 15 to 22 million visitors to the vessel over the next year, which just doesn't seem... (laughs) It's like, where are these people coming from? These A lot of the traffic are tourists. Are they in the market for a Vuitton handbag? Like, it just feels very... Like, who are these people that you're catering to? somewhere there, for sure. But also, you have to think about, like, who are these people? Because I'm sure that the mall will be frequented in the sense that, yeah, if you're out of town or if you want to, like, check it out, you would do that. But are people actually opening their wallets and purchasing in these luxury stores? Exactly. That's a very valid question. And Henrietta, one of the things that, you know, we we, we didn't speak about, and and we certainly should, is that... It's not as though that Neiman's is offering anything particularly new to the retail shopping experience. One of the things that I felt, and there's also 4510 that is there, and 4510 has been a longstanding store um, in Dallas that people sort of fabled, and now that it's in the vessel. But I have to say, none of the things that I saw there felt like I needed to go there to see it. And And that's also part of the issue with um, big retail in this age as well, is that largely selling the same thing and that's what is sort of strange to me because i know that this was conceived and development started like 10 years ago (laughs) and that is something that we have to be mindful of in the context of this conversation absolutely that being said it's like 
Neiman's has never really been in New York. Obviously, they've got Bergdorf's, but they've never been in New York, which I thought was a smart so did I. decision. Because what is the proposition when you have a Saks, when you have a Bloomingdale's, when you have a Barney's, okay. when you, have, you know, all of these other multi-retailers... The same with 4510. I mean, we've got the Webster and... Five stories. Exactly. <laughs> Kieran as a bet. You know, there are multiple multi-brand stores. Exactly, all of these more boutique. And the th- I love 4510. I think they are such a joy of Dallas. I really enjoy being in that store. But it feels like a unique proposition when you're in Dallas. Exactly. In a way that exactly. I'm a little bit like, well, if New York has a lot more of a crowded marketplace what is the USP if you're literally just going to open up the store? That's what I'm saying about experiential. Like, it's not like it's a, a gallery space or there's a restaurant in it. Or, well, I don't well, know. Actually, like, I, don't I know. must say, though, they have stacked They have stacked this building with a lot of, with a lot of restaurants there. It's no, supposed to be I'm a lot of fine dining. No, I'm talking about more like these individual retailers True. that are coming out here. True. And, yeah, I mean a big part of the more culture is, you know, there's a movie theater and there's lots of restaurants. And But again, it's like, it's in New York. It's in New York. So, I mean, those th- we're not lacking in those things just on Absolutely the street. Absolutely not. And you know what I've felt as well? You know, I travel to Asia a lot and it just feels like the uh, a movement like that that's in Singapore or, Japan or China or something like this where people want to go to huge malls and do all their shopping there. But I don't know if that's particularly American, I th- especially in this age. It's just, it's just, for me, it's the New York piece because True. New York just isn't that cookie cutter. It's, exactly. It's not that packaged. And that's what I felt. I feel that in that building, it feels so forced. It feels so packaged. Like, oh, here we are. And it's all glitzy and all it's, gleaming. Yeah, it's and very like, big oh, and oh. very, it's very big and it's very impersonal. And, and I just I just, I, I really was maybe naively um, assuming that it was just going to be a different proposition. Like every luxury retailer, let's say, and contemporary brand that's in there has a space, but these are going to be like concept stores or like stores of the future or something that, that gives it a reason of being beyond this is just another space that is in Brookfields, that's on Fifth Avenue, that's on Madison Avenue, that's in Soho. And, with all the th- so and by the way, with all the things that are being sold online. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's the part that I, I had assumed, you know, it's on the high line and it's all these retailers and, you know, all of these retailers within that are, are doing interesting things online. Like, I just thought there would be a proposition beyond this is just a mall. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not um, sounding the death knell of retail, a brick and mortar retail at all. But I do think that is within context. I think specialty stores still have a a place. I think small boutiques still have a place in that experiential, in that experiential vein where, you know, a customer can have a relationship with a store attendant and so on and so forth. But I do think a proposition like this for, let's call it an impersonal proposition, is not, is not of the age. And this is what I'm reacting to. Retail is not dead. Print is not dead. These things just require a rethinking and a a repositioning, and they require a point of view. A point of view. And that's the thing that I'm slightly confused about at this mall, because it just seems like another mall. It just seems like another mall. And another mall that is already in New York. For me, it's just lacking of a point of view that makes it stand out. And I think in a place like New York, where it's every sector is highly saturated from the restaurant industry, fashion industry, 
everything just feels like it's um, a very crowded marketplace, both for Mindshare, Walletshare, across the scope. It just feels like there needs to be a reason for being spaces at a premium. So if you're going to really carve out so much space, what are you saying? What are you saying? And I, I will, I will a lot give some space, of course, for development and growth and for the space to evolve because I think the the consuming audience will be very responsive or not with their wallets, you know, in this environment. Um, and there's a lot of space. Maybe they can reorg some of this to to have it be more cultural, where it's not just about commerce. I don't know. I don't know. But I think that the on face value. You and me both are puzzled by what is on offer and sort of how unoriginal um, it is and how out of time it is. And I think, you know, to your point earlier about if these retailers, this development probably has been going on for 10 to 15 years. If, say, this project was to have been started three years ago, I think it would have been conceived of completely differently, probably on a very different scale, probably with very different offering. But this was a this was a long lead project. And I think, you know, at the end of it now with the launch that just happened a couple weeks ago, it just seems like something that should have been done at another time. True. I mean, I think from a real estate standpoint, um, it's about making money. So as long as they have tenants, to give them money I think it's not necessarily the responsibility of the people who are responsible for this project per se obviously it's a real estate proposition I think what is happening with the people that are occupying these spaces Mm -hmm. are they rethinking what it is to be in a mall do you know what I mean it's not necessarily the establishment's Mm -hmm. um, responsibility to be like what is the future of like retail or fashion (laughs) or like they're not they're interested in making money right and these people are obviously taking these brands obviously taking the leases I'm interested to know how they're going to start programming those spaces because ultimately I think um this is probably telling of the time where economically we're all trying to find different ways to add to the bottom line. And with the point of view that retail isn't dead, I think this could be a really nice like supplementary offering. It's just, um, you know, if you're, let's say Louis Vuitton, you've got a store on Fifth Avenue, you've got a store in Soho, you've got a store downtown at Brookfield uh, shopping mall, then you've got a store here. It's like, how are you differentiating these retail experiences and then making a value prop online? Like, I think it's more of a brand strategy because I don't know that if I had a brand or if I was an advisor to a brand, I don't know that I would be in there without having that point of view. So I think it's just one of those things where it's a bit of a layered conversation but it's more about where is it going and I think that's the interesting thing because I know that you know with Brookfield Moore for instance again people were really excited about it it felt like a first because it was like a big mall it was part of the whole kind of regeneration of of such a you know storied part of town mm-hmm. that you know is going through this um it's like, um, like a renaissance exactly in many ways exactly after, you know, exactly, after, after uh, exactly and they couldn't make it work no, as we know, well, as we've heard. A lot of brands are trying to get out of their lease. Exactly. And so I just wonder, this could be different, um, Hudson Yards, because maybe there is a different uh, marketing lens in terms of an ongoing strategy and, like, how do you build all of that excitement? And maybe there is a turnover strategy of, like, do we bring in this if this leaves? I, I don't know. It seems like 
there's just so much investment. Mm-hmm. I would be really surprised if they weren't thinking well, they short, would have short-term, long-term short-term, strategy long-term pivoting. in a way that Brookfields just seems Absolutely. to be like, here you go, we opened. And, and just everyone's just going, exactly. But I have to say the feeling right now is like to get your friends together, or even to get a couple people together, be like, let's head down to the, you know, to the vessel and let, no, it's not. Again, that's what I'm saying. It's not a New York thing. Like, that not is not thing. how New Yorkers spend their time. No, no. It isn't. It, it just isn't. It isn't. And there's something that's, um, there's something, feels like something that's almost antithetical to, to New York and being a New Yorker. Yes, like, yes. let's go and like do this thing that everyone else is getting. You know, it's almost like you almost want to do something different. Like, I want to go to the, I want to be clear. I want to go to the high line that this is literally, it, it buttress, it buttresses the vessel. But I, I, I want nothing to do with the vessel. I will go on the High Line and I will sit in that green. I will read my book. I will wave to 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 the people. But I don't want to be in that building um, trying to peruse garments. It's not. It's not the feeling of the time. Well, we'll just have to see. We are we're taking a look at the issues now, but certainly this one is going to unfold. We've been hearing the tremors. People are definitely talking about this, and from mostly what I'm hearing, the feeling is not great. But let's see. You know, I have to say big business does surprise me often. You know, I have the capacity to think strategy and to lay some things up. But trust me, when you have a lot of resources and a lot of great minds who can help you in your strategic thinking, as we say, a pivot can be just around the corner. Some of the programming, um, more experiential programming that we're talking about, that may very well be, you know, second stage, which will happen by end of year. So we don't know. You know, we can only be optimistic. Um, well, I don't know about optimistic, but, you know, we can only hope that it's a successful project for all the all that's on the line yeah i mean we shouldn't also overlook the fact that it's literally in the backyard of uh an an expansive and very expensive and affluent uh, residential real estate development so i'm sure that those people that live in and occupy these spaces residentially have the money to shop in these spaces. Well, see, there you go. Maybe see, they, maybe they don't even care about us. So, <laughs> they're like, they're like, this isn't even for you. <laughs> well, on that note, since it's not about us, we'll leave it to to the ones that is about. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Huh? It's my time for something.